We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, friends. It's Kirk Henderson and Josh Bo coming to you on Sunday night at about 8.30 last week. Same time, uh, same place. I was in a very happy sports moment with the Chiefs winning, then the Mavs winning. And now I'm in a very sad sports moment with the Chiefs losing and the Mavs <laughs> losing. The Mavs fell to the Orlando Magic uh, 110 to 108 and really just... Um, just a disgusting fucking basketball game from everybody but Luca. And like, I, I, I want, there's a lot of built in excuses, but it's just, it's the sort of game where it's just like, oh my God, they haven't changed the roster since before Christ was born. Like, it was so stupid. But okay. What, what, Josh, you and I chatted for the game. You, you were in and out first quarter, fourth quarter, didn't get to see a ton of the, the, the middle of the game. Um, I'll, I'll recap it for everybody. Basically the Mavs, uh, couldn't stop the, the Orlando magic. This, uh, this game was a good example of what Josh and I were talking about in terms of three point shooting luck for the other team coming around. Like the magic were hitting some crazy three pointers, uh, and really buried the Mavericks and in, in that aspect of the box score. But in the fourth quarter, the Mavericks came roaring back because Luka Doncic is a significantly better basketball player than any player on either team. Uh, and the Mavericks worked themselves all the way back into it. And then, you know, the the, the fourth quarter was just classic 2019-2020 collapsing Mavs. Yeah, um, the final five minutes of this game must have given everyone, like, PTSD to every single Mavericks playoff loss of the last two years because, holy crap, um, it was just Luka doing everything. Guys missing shots that Luca creates open shots, and it was—I don't know. We've—we've—I don't know how many times we've gotten on this podcast over the last three years and talked about a loss like this. It's really kind of amazing. Like you know, I don't know. Maybe Lakers fans are going through it because it seems like every loss they have, they have to talk about Russell Westbrook. But like they've only been talking about Russell Westbrook for like the last 
you know, six months. Right. We've been talking about these losses for three years, and it's it's just remarkable despite the success the Mavericks have in the regular season. Almost every loss feels like this, where it's not just like, oh, man, they couldn't get something going unless they get blown out. But every, you know, somewhat close loss is Luka is incredible. He's finding open guys, and they're missing shots. It's yep. just – it's – it's amazing how many of these games they've played in the last three years, and I guess I mean, the it box be that amazing gross. because the roster hasn't changed. The box score is classic. What you point out, where it's like Luca thirty four twelve and eleven, then Brunson scored fifteen, but literally didn't do anything else. He was just sort of on the court. Like they, they once again, a team with length manages to marginalize his kind of offensive impact. Um, and then it's like everybody else was just bad. I mean, Dorian once again does the Dorian thing where he kind of fills up the box score, but he had a chance to hit a big a, a couple of threes, couldn't connect. I mean, the shots we're talking about in the fourth quarter, for anybody who just decided not to watch a Sunday night Mavericks game, these shots were open, open. Like, it, it's not mildly covered. It was, okay, guys, like, what are we doing? Like, you, you got to hit one. And the Mavs still shot shot forty two percent from three for the game. <sighs> yeah, it was it was very discouraging. Uh, what what did you tweet? Max was zero for four in the last three minutes of the game. Yeah, he entered the game for Marquise Chris at three twenty four because Chris had taken he took an, a corner three pointer and like Marquise Chris cannot shoot threes. Like he's a sub thirty percent three point shooter. He should not be shooting them. He's hit some funny ones, but like in a game that's tied. That's not the shot you want. I, I you know, Chris is, has, uh, Chris uh, is an interesting player is what I'll say. I like his, I like when he's going, he really helps. And then when he's bad, he just shouldn't play. Um, but it, it, he came in, Maxie came in for him, just probably normal rotation stuff. Cause he'd been out for like six minutes and over three minutes and 24 seconds that he had four looks, three of them were wide open and he missed all three very badly. And then he turned the ball over after getting a key rebound and uh, it allowed Wendell Carter to hit one of two free throws. Um, It ended up not necessarily mattering, but it's the sort of, you know, he just had this sort of game. Like I I, I don't want to be too harsh on him, but I think it's really fair to say that Maxi Kleba was why they lost the game because usually his calling card is defense and he got destroyed on back cuts. I mean, uh, f- uh, f- um, the other Wagner, the the old, the older, less good one, um, Mo Wagner, had an astounding stat line. Of, you know, just back cutting. He he, where is he here? He had Mo Wagner had fourteen points in fifteen minutes on the Mavericks, just back cutting and dunking, and then getting to the free throw line. And that was in no small part because Maxi and the Mavericks could not rotate. Like defense, defense is a team thing, but like Maxie's supposed to be the guy there. And and I just like watching him get back cut and then not recover properly was awful. Yeah, that was rough. You go back and you look, the Mavericks have only lost, this is their fourth loss in the month of January. Fourth loss in 16 games. So what, they're 12 and four in January. And yeah. man, you look at Maxie's lines in the four, in the four losses. And it's it is rough. The loss to the Knicks, he had nine points on three of ten shooting. Um, the loss to the Suns, he had nine points on three of nine shooting, one of seven from three. Uh, the Golden State game was the only game where he had an okay night, you know, percentage wise. But he was he had eight points in twenty four minutes, and he only took three threes. He made two of them, and then tonight, you know, two of seven from three, two of eight from the floor, six points. He really is a barometer. Like it feels like. 
when he's going well, the team wins, and when he's not, they lose. And that's a real shame how much it seems like they have to put on him to to win games. But I mean, that's just kind of the the bed they've made. They've well, made so. I think it's a little frustrating in one respect because they've not had. I could be mistaken, but my my instincts are telling me that that we've not had as many of these games as we did last year. I mean, currently the Mavericks are seven games over five five hundred. Like they're in a better place at this point in the season than they were last year. Um, but if we're talking over the long haul, it's just sort of there. You know, you and I didn't get to talk last night. Um, Kristaps Porzingis came up limp within eleven, like ten minutes into that Pacers game, and honestly. I wonder whether his knee wasn't feeling good even before the game because if and I, I'm assuming you didn't go watch it just because they ended up blowing the Pacers off the floor, but they couldn't guard the rim for the first 15 minutes of the game. It was it was kind of an uncomfortable um, it was just kind of an uncomfortable like watch for the defense because the defense as a whole has really fallen like really really fallen off um, that Golden State game was sort of the first one, but then the, the, the Portland put up a, a ton of points against them. And granted, like the Mavericks are winning most of these games. So you're kind of like, all right, what are we really complaining about here? It's not a complaint. It's just saying like the number one defense in the league thing was not real. And if they can settle somewhere being top 10, then maybe that's the case. But what they've run into with some of these losses is teams just finally hitting threes against them. Um, at least enough threes to matter. Um, and, and it's just, it, this was, this is going to be one of these that they wish they had back over the course of, of the rest of the year, because the magic, like the magic have won that they'd won 10 games before this. And they just, I mean, they, this is ugly, ugly loss. It's yeah, they're, they're going to be mad about this. Yeah, definitely. And I know second out of back-to-back, no KP and obviously KP was felt, I mean, maybe not offensively. Uh, the Mavericks didn't lose because they couldn't get good shots. They got good shots most of the night, but you know, like you said, defensively the back cuts, uh, they really missed KP's rim protection tonight. Um, and yeah, you know, I know we've, we've harped on Maxi, but it is a loss. I mean, uh, Dorian Finney-Smith missing a free throw, uh, that would have tied the game certainly didn't help either. Um, so, you know, it just, I did, there was outside of Marquise Chris and some of Josh Green and some of Jalen Brunson. I mean, just, uh, just so many no-shows across the lineup and yeah. It's a real shame to to waste a Luka game like this. I mean, 34, 12, and 11. I know he had six turnovers, but, you know, he hit four of nine from three, and with the way he's been shooting threes, this feels like, yeah. you know, just it just felt like it felt like a don't blow this because, you know, he, hasn't, he just hasn't been shooting like this uh, all season, at least from three. He's been picking it up elsewhere on the floor and his scoring. But, yeah, that's just a – I don't know what else to say because of the final five minutes, it was literally just Luka drive, Luka – Luca gets met by with two defenders. Luca passes to an open role player and miss. You know, Maximus four. Reggie Bullock had a pretty wide open miss as well. Uh, although he kind of had to pump fake and hesitate, but he got really. It was kind of I don't know how he got that thrown off. You know, if you're an NBA player, an NBA shooter, like you should not be that bothered by pump faking and letting a defender go by you and then shooting. Like it looked like he like really rushed that shot after he pump mm-hmm. faked. So that was really discouraging. Um, well, it's. It... It's the thing where I'm at once unhappy with him and then unhappy with the Mavs for sort of putting him in this moment where it just, it, this is an, an evidence of a roster construction issue where it's just, I don't remember a maxi three that mattered 
in the clutch. There's got to be one because there's been plenty of volume. Dorian, I do remember. Dorian's hit some big ones only for the Mavericks to go shit the bed on defense. <laughs> but it's 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 just wild. This was a this is a disappointing loss and the sort of thing that makes me, you know, we should be very we should ride the wins when they're ahead. And we're going to continue to because the Mavericks have like they're going to finish this year. They they could be the fourth seed. Like Joe Inglez went down tonight for the Jazz. Like the Mavericks are going to keep rising. I sort of think in spite of themselves. You know, they're they're good, but I'm not sure if they're like three seed good. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, that the Jazz news, man. Ingles could be gone. I mean, the reports are looking not good. Like season ending knee surgery potentially, mm-hmm. and they're already scuffling. And I think if the Mavericks would, you know, the Jazz are. Losing pretty soundly to to the Timberwolves tonight in the third quarter as we're recording this, so you assume they're getting a loss. If the Mavericks would have won, I believe they would have been tied for fourth or or maybe outright in fourth place. So, uh, yeah, they can. There's a lot of there's a lot of room for them to to maneuver here. But man, you know those teams beneath them that that I had kind of brushed off. Uh, they're they're coming up uh the mavericks are not in fifth place anymore for the first time in months they're actually now in sixth place because denver nuggets have won five in a row in eight of their last 10 so mm-hmm. the minnesota timberwolves have put together a nice little streak although they're still one game under 500 but right um yeah i mean now you know for a while it felt like they were going to be locked into five because the teams below them couldn't get their act together and the teams above them were just looks so dominant and things are getting weirder uh, as the season progresses, as we get close to the tread deadline. So I don't know what that means, but uh, I don't, you know, it's just going to be, it's going to be interesting. And like you said, the Maverick schedule is so easy. They should, for, for the rest of the year, really, they should be able to, uh, to get, make some ground, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, part of, I think part of why this game really infuriated me was because the Mavericks had done such a good job of not losing games like this. Um, Back in December, you know, they lost to the Kings uh, right before New Year's, and then that sort of put them on a pretty good pace. There was a a loss to the Pacers in Indiana that was very brutal. But by and large, like if you were to go through and look at you know whether the Mavs were favored in, in, in favored in a, in a given game, they've mostly taken care of business. And it's it's just been a while since there's like there's a Lakers loss mid December, then they lost. It's just for the last month. They've they've sort of really taken care of the games that they needed to, um, and that's why this one is gonna you know I'm, I'm gonna hop on group therapy after this and people are gonna be pissed and understandably so because you know you, you get opportunities to climb the ladder and you got to take advantage of it but this is where you know you don't ever want to rain on people's parades when they're happy like like I don't ever want to tell anybody to not be happy because the team's winning. But where the discussions drive me crazy, it's just like you can say with a rational sort of level-headed mind, do we think this team is good enough? And for months, people, you know, it, it feels, of course the Mavericks would go on a win streak when they need to be looking to deal guys because then all of our fans want to hold on to everybody. And it's like, guys, the only months you can really make trades are July, late January, and the first two weeks of February. That is it. That is it. And so... You know, it, it's the 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 discussions around the Mavs the last several weeks have really uh, been a little. I've just steered clear. I don't want to say they've been frustrating. I just haven't talked about the Mavericks online that much because, you know, this this game was just a, a good example of what of of what we're talking about. Where uh, they need a little bit more to be more than a lucky wild card. Like they they have to be better at the at the floor than they do at the ceiling in order to to get 
to 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 maybe consider advancing in the playoffs. Yeah, that makes sense, you know, because obviously their ceiling, they can beat anyone in this league, it feels like, but the floor is everyone but Luca crapping their pants at the same time sometimes. Like, it, you know, these are the type of games that kind of, you know, it's not indicative just as much as, you know, the Portland win. I think I said something like, don't try to make any grand proclamations about the Mavericks offense being fixed, but like enjoy it. And then on the flip side, you know, the Mavericks have done enough this month to give themselves a bit of the doubt and you don't look at this loss and say the sky is falling and hopefully that they can flush this. And thankfully that their schedule is so easy right now. Um, they should be able to, I mean, they play what they play the thunder next. So uh, they don't have any, you know, this was another back to back. I don't think they're on another back to back for, for a little bit. So mm-hmm. this is, this could easily be a blip on the radar. It's yeah. unfortunate. And it's like a it's a little reminder of like, hey, this is what could happen uh, in a high leverage situation, and you know that's maybe make, maybe make more impetus to make a trade. But also, this isn't like, you know, we got to see a couple. You know, if they lose a couple more games like this, then we start sounding some of our alarm bells. But right now, it's just a, a bump in the road, and they should get back to where they were, uh, you know, the last week or so. That's right. So the Mavericks play Oklahoma City on Wednesday, which means you get two days off from away from me and Josh, though we may do something. I don't like going two days without a show. Um, but the Mavericks don't play a back-to-back before the All-Star break. Uh, the last game they played prior to the All-Star break is against the the Pelicans. Like they have a they have a a challenging but not impossible schedule to finish out before All-Star break. The opportunity to get some good wins against middling teams uh the Sixers are obviously the real challenge they play them this Friday late um and then they play Miami as well uh Tuesday February 15th but you know there's some there's like Detroit there there's a couple of Clippers games Clippers are actually really damn feisty they're not a team you should you should kind of uh, underrate so I'm going to be looking forward to that kind of back to back but you know um trying to think the Istock and I did a show on Friday which everybody should go listen to if you've not had the opportunity um january is somehow shaping up to be our best month ever uh it is our best (laughs) month ever i'm looking at the stats it's not shaping up to be like we have one whole calendar day left which is pretty remarkable so we're uh josh and i are continued to be grateful for everybody's who uh tune in and listen and who offer feedback and who are uh you know supportive of what we do here you got anything else before we get out of dodge nah let's go let's flush this let's flush this game like hopefully the mavericks will yeah. Okay, guys. Kirk Henderson, Josh Bowe, Mavs Moneyball After Dark. Please subscribe and tell your friends uh, Mavs Moneyball Podcast, and we will be with you uh, probably at some point over the next couple of days, but uh, certainly I'll be back with you Wednesday night after that Oklahoma City game. All right, everybody. Have a good start to your week. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. 
My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com